So Edward, Hi. thank you for making time for us. Uh, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> Good question. Uh, last name is Kangeter, so Kangeter. full name is Edward Kangeter. Okay, cool. Um, Edward, uh, first of all, again, thank you for making time for us. Um, I, I, I want to make some questions here about CEOs and everything. I really admire you as a CEO. Um, how you start in this industry? I want to know a little bit about your background. Sure. I got into the industry kind of by accident. I was working in the fashion industry. I was traveling a lot all over the world. I had a young family and uh, two small children at home with a third on the way. And it was uh, not a uh, great way to be a good family person. So I had the opportunity to come into uh, the other side of my family. My wife's family had started a small recycling company and an aluminum manufacturing facility. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be given the opportunity to come into the industry. So that's the way you start. Yes. And then how was that journey in this industry? It was really interesting because coming from the fashion industry, um, I didn't know anything about industrial metals. I didn't know anything about industrial process. Right. I couldn't tell so you what different. one. Totally different. And um, at the same time, I think that there are benefits growing up or um, having a lot of deep knowledge in an industry. There's also benefits to coming into an industry with a fresh perspective. And I personally benefited from that. And I learned a lot in the fashion industry that I was able to apply to the recycling and uh, aluminum manufacturing industry. Okay, okay. And saying that, what kind of CEO do you think you are? How do you make your decisions? How do you see the future of your company? How do you create these visions to say, okay, this is the way that I need to do things now to be good enough in the future? Great question. Um, So for me personally, it starts with who I want to be as a human being and, you know, who I, how I want to represent myself to my family, my friends and my colleagues that I work with. And then building an organization that is respectful of that and providing opportunity to others, uh, but always doing it in a very thoughtful way. And, you know, for example, I'm a big fan of organic food. Mm-hmm. and also farm to table. And these are two very Northern California uh, concepts. And so when I came to the recycling industry, especially coming from the fashion industry, you know, I really felt like I'm coming into, you know, this incredible green industry and we're going to be the good guys. And right. I was so excited and I showed up and realized that You know, our neighbors and the community at large thought we were the bad guys, and I was shocked. And I realized that we as an industry had not done a good job of communicating who we are and our value proposition and why it's important to have recycling and closed-loop manufacturing systems. And, you know, so that, that was something that really affected me personally. And a lot of my decision-making uh, is based on that experience even today. So we're the only aluminum manufacturer that I know of size and scale 
uh, in the United States that is producing chlorine-free aluminum. Yeah. We're not using chemicals or fluxes. And it's harder, and it requires more discipline, but it's something that we take pride in, and it's a shared mission with the rest of the team. And, you know, at CAS, you know, I think of it as one large family, and we're responsible not only for the people that work at CAS, but all of their families and family members. Right. And, you know, we want to create an environment and a um, company that is respectful of each of them the community that they live in and uh, gives them opportunity to breathe clean air, to live in a you know good society that right. is respecting the planet that we live on because we only get one. And uh, really trying to uh, think about that in every decision that we make. How do you choose your people and how do you do for them to understand the company culture? Because it's very important. important. So when we were a smaller company, I used to hire, interview and hire everyone personally. And uh, as you grow, there's just not enough time to do that. And we have a, a team of people. We have HR department now, none of the things that we used to have. And uh, I think the most important point is to understand clearly the culture that you want to develop. Right. And then you have to find ways to communicate it that is consistent easy to understand mm -hmm. and uh, that people can then use that information to help you develop your culture further. And one of the tools that we use is social media. And I think most people think that the social media platform is exclusively to attract new clients or whatever. For me, part of the experience of developing social media was to be able to better communicate with our entire team, everyone that works for CAS. Okay, understand, cool. Yeah, it's, it's a different approach because, as you just said, <clears throat> sorry, for me, for example, is to bring more, more customers on the table, but also I want to give value to the industry itself. That's why I'm doing all these interviews with the experts and everything, because I think it's very important for us to understand what is happening out there. Now, once you choose the people and you have everything ready, um, what, how, or how do you think you are pushing your industry to move forward with everything that is happening right now? Because at the end, you're the leader, right? So you need, for me, the CEO, and, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but from my perspective, the CEO should be like a bridge between the, your company and the outside market and the world. And you need to move like back and forward between those two points because you need to understand the outside to grow your internal culture. Absolutely. That, that is a very important part of it. It's also uh, to really make sure that your entire organization understands your aspirational goals and what metrics it's going to take to achieve those goals and that you're helping facilitate that um, collaborative partnership throughout your organization and then with your strategic partners and clients and um, you know back to your prior question one of the things that I always look for when we are hiring someone is it's really important to me that they're a good person and that they're positive and that they're excited about what it is that we're trying to achieve because 
frankly speaking, if you want to be great at anything, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. And it's not that every single person on your team can be, you know, a thousand percent, per, you know, positive and right. um, passionate about every aspect of what you're trying to achieve. But at the end of the day, recycling and protecting the Earth's natural resources and closed loop manufacturing systems. You know, we're taking society's end of life metal products and instead of going into a landfill, we're repurposing them and they're becoming the first steps of manufacturing. Mm-hmm. And part of my role as a CEO is to understand what the opportunities are and what the challenges are, then communicate the, to the rest of my team right. and our clients <laughs> and to find synergies that are not only um, beneficial for both parties, but of course that we can develop um, a good value proposition Mm -hmm. that allows us to be profitable so that we can reinvest in our colleagues, you know, the human capital Mm -hmm. and also the community that we live in. Right. And how you touch a very important point uh, for me is how do you keep your people motivated? Because it's not that easy. If you are not that passionate how do you keep them i think it starts with a you have to lead by example 100 and so the way you approach the responsibility the challenges the opportunities um, is super important and then building camaraderie um, clearly you have to compensate people in a way that's respectful right. you have to give them the upward opportunity both in uh, monetary or financial um Pass, but almost as, um, in, in my mind, actually more important is to give them opportunity to develop as a human being mm-hmm. and to develop skill sets that they did not previously um, have and to be able to share that and work in a collaborative, positive mm-hmm. um, atmosphere. You cannot underestimate the value of having a positive work culture. Right. And- What do you think is better, to hire someone with great experience or to hire someone with no experience but mentoring them till the point you have someone that can be? So there's rationale for both, of course. Uh, At CAS, typically we hire someone that has no experience. And the most important point to me is if they're positive and they're engaged and they're you know, self-disciplined, and there's somebody that wants to learn and grow. Because with that type of person, regardless of their background, regardless of their culture, you know, it, it doesn't matter who they are or where they've come from. If they have those characteristics, you can do almost anything. Now, you know, they may have a, uh, and a set of skills, you know, a set of talents that lends them more towards this part of the right. business or that. And your responsibility as a CEO or as the management team is to understand all the time we think we hire someone and we're like, whoa, we're going to do this together. Right. And they do that for a while and we realize they're good at this, but they might actually be better at that. And so our, our most important point is just get smart, positive people on the team mm-hmm. and then we'll figure out how we're going to go to the next step right. together. Yeah, I'm totally agree with you. It's- This thing is I call soft skills, the soft skills. But I think it's the skills that allow you to adapt yourself to any situation. Hard skills are 
I mean, you can learn it, but the soft skills are very light. By the way, that's a great point. I think that more young people now, they all have the, the basic skills. They all know how to run Excel. They, you know, they're all very proficient at a lot of the tasks that we used to look at as a metric when hiring. Right. Do, do you have this? And if you had it, they were a great candidate. What I find a lot of young people now are missing are the soft skills. They don't know how to communicate with other people face-to-face like this. They're used to having their phone out right. and communicating through that. And an important part of business, a critical part, oh, yeah. is this so that you can understand what what are the opportunities or what are the challenges? How are we going to navigate the challenges together? How are we going to capitalize and share the opportunities? And that takes one-on-one communication. Right. right. Yeah, I'm totally agree. Okay. <clears throat> what do you think is going to be the profile of the CEO of the future? Because right now it's changing a lot, the, the economy. And I think this is a good example for us to learn about economy because a lot of different things are happening like very fast yes. with the COVID, with the war in, in, in Europe and pricing going crazy. Everything is changing very fast. So what do you think are those skills that, as a CEO, you need to have in the future? And do you think it's going to be very different from now? Uh, I think it's constantly evolving. And the most important point in my mind is you have to be very open-minded. You have to be the type of person that is well-read, well-traveled, understand diversity of community, understand society it's mm-hmm. so important I, I think one of the the challenges that i see a lot of really smart business people facing ceos is they don't understand the current social uh, society's current dynamic and thought pattern mm-hmm. and how it's evolving and you know this is a great example we have russia invading ukraine mm-hmm. Horrific on a number of levels. What I don't think that most people understood is how people were going to react. And when the Ukrainians, you know, stood up for themselves, the rest of the world had so much respect for them and was, you know, none of us want World War III, but we all want to help in any way we can. And, you know, if you're going to be a successful CEO, you need to understand what that means. And so if you're, if you're working with um, products that are coming out of Russia, you know, ethically, you can't do that anymore. No. You know? And if you're manufacturing there or you're buying products or aluminum from Russia, we all have to look at each other and say, okay, we made contracts. We honor the contract. But we don't do any new business because we can't support. And it's not that we have anything against the Russian people, but we can't, su- situation. We can't support the leadership. And I, I think the answer to your question is, as a CEO, you have to constantly be aware of current circumstances and really in tune with what's happening in society. Mm-hmm. And that might be environmental justice. That might be um, improving diversity in the workplace. It might be... Um, producing aluminum without using chemicals and fluxes. And, you know, most of my competitors, all of them, are still using chlorine and chemicals. And, you know, I totally disagree with it. And we refuse to manufacture that way. Right. 
and you know we're unique and you know we're going to make our statement through our actions and i think that's a good way to lead as a ceo it is yeah okay final finally uh we are getting uh to the end of uh, our interview what type of advice you can give to those people that wants to be a ceo in the future uh my number one advice is to listen too many ceos are talking ask questions be engaged be humble uh, be respectful be curious and really try to understand opposing opinion i don't think that i think most of the most successful ceos that i know and i think one of my strengths is i'm always curious when someone disagrees with me or says hey you guys aren't doing that well or we we don't like your industry okay. i first try to understand the other person's perspective to understand if i'm if they have a valid point or i'm doing something wrong and i think that that would be my number one advice for a, a new ceo is that you have to be very open minded and you have to be willing to invest the time and energy mm-hmm. to be curious about an opposing uh, idea right whether it's inside your company or outside your company okay makes sense edward thank you so much for your time it was a great interview thank you so much thank you.